Pandemonium Reigns. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Pandemonium Reigns. So glad you are with us uh, wherever our voices find you today. Hopefully, it's on the way to your car, uh, on the way to your work in your car, is what I meant to say. And uh, <laughs> apparently, words are hard, my guy. <clears throat> so, <laughs> understandably so. Listen, if you guys love us, I just want to say this real quick. The, the best thing you can do for us is go subscribe and and follow and push all the buttons. And it doesn't cost you anything. You're not going to get emails. We're not going to bother you with anything. You're just going to get the tender love and kindness of, of Dan and Mike in your ear. And the world will let you know when there's new Dan and Mike ear content. I don't have words. I don't know. <laughs> Content well for said. your ears. Well I said. know, right? I know, right? I'm still on a high. We are, <laughs> we are Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. At the time of this recording, five days removed from the the game of the century. I'm bump. I'm calling it that. I yeah. mean, I th- tops. Oh, it, it is. Tops LSU Alabama in 2011, in my opinion. Absolutely. But who am I? I mean, why do we? Why are you rushing the field? Why are you acting like you just won the national championship? Because we did. Shut up. Please <laughs> be quiet. Go somewhere. Be quiet. Sit down. Unless you're listening to us, then yeah. we'll. Yeah. Hey, uh, do uh, before we get started here, I I do want to just say that like you and I, we kind of mentioned this already. We really do know some great Bama fans. The ones that the ones that you and I know. So no complaints. Com- complaints. Absolutely. No complaints from the guys that we know. So, uh, talked with another one uh, last night at the at the at the Iglesia and super good dude. But anyway, uh, shout out to you, Jake. Says he's a regular listener, so appreciate that. He my said, man, he my said, man. He said I went to go find you guys on Monday and you weren't there, and I went. It's because Michael was probably in a tree stand or something. <laughs> always, always, always. That's my fault. <laughs> hey so uh let's we're, we, we will only have one episode uh for you guys today so we're going to combine tennessee and everything else so just because we there's just not a lot of tennessee stuff that we want to get to you're you're being flooded with a bunch of that information right now anyway but the vols are going to host ut martin and i just sent you a text about this bro before we went live and we were going orange jerseys orange pants with the light blue highlights as a tribute to the late great Pat Summit thoughts. It's going to be absolutely beautiful. Um, I shared some not safe for work, not safe for these airwaves content with you, with my thoughts on that, uh, because I'm so excited to see blue arm sleeves and sweatbands and wristbands and man, get Hendon Hooker a <laughs> a uh, a blue quarterback wristband, dude. He don't even need it, but get it for him anyway because it is just going to be a glorious sight for all of our eyes as if as if the orange on orange isn't already as Dan cries <laughs> you're welcome as, as if the you're making my eyes is moist. Not be beautiful <laughs> there it is that's it oh man yeah it's, it's, <laughs> as, as if the orange britches aren't going to do it for you yeah, yeah let that do it for you you know, I've never been a fan, even as a Lady Vol fan, a fan of that blue highlight. But in honor of Pat Summit, like I'm here for it. That that's awesome. I just I just hope the rest of the world, when they turn on the TV and and see Tennessee, they kind of know what's going on. Hopefully, um, the commentators will recognize that on on multiple occasions. 
there is a 99% chance that we win this game. <clears throat> um, I just yeah. want to say I hope that we get in, that we get out, that, uh, that Tillman gets a return here and gets, and gets some reps, and I hope we run up the score on Ty Simpson's daddy. Absolutely. Uh, remind them as if he needs another reminder of how that recruitment was handled, not the best by the Simpsons who should have a, you know, they've, they've got a front door into the, the reality of college football. You would, you would have wanted them to handle that recruitment better than they did, mm-hmm. uh, but they didn't. So let them know about it Saturday. We let Ty and his squad know about it last week. So let his dad know about it this week, run that thing up the sixties or get 70 with all backups from late second quarter on let Joe Milton, let Taven Jackson air that thing out. These young receivers that we're excited about for the future, mm-hmm. and then defenders. I really, really look forward to seeing a bunch of defenders in this game, especially in that front. Uh, you Absolutely. know, James Pierce, Joshua Josephs, man, get them a whole, a yeah. whole half of action here on Saturday, and keep them out of the end zone and run that thing up, man. Yeah, you're going to be coming off an emotional high, obviously. So don't let this game get to the third quarter. It, it needs, yeah. to be, it needs to be over soon. And it's not that this is a dish on those guys because they're actually a really good quality FCS program, but head and shoulders, we should stand above those guys. Also, right at noon is a game that I don't think is getting enough respect just due to the time slot in which it's at, is the Syracuse at Clemson. Listen, I think this is like strength on strength, that offensive Syracuse, that defensive Clemson. Can can Clemson find ways to match scores, which is something I'm not real sure that I thought I would be saying. It's at noon. Yeah. It's a it's a thirteen and a half point spread in the favor of of Clemson, and Syracuse has a very quiet top fifteen presence sitting at fourteen. Thoughts on this one? Yeah, Syracuse six and zero oh, halfway through their regular season, like you mentioned, ranked fourteenth. Uh, Vegas doesn't see this game being a very high scoring affair with that forty nine and a half over under. Mm-hmm. I would I would lean under here because I agree it'll be the strength of Syracuse's offense versus the strength of Clemson's defense. I'd probably lean just under. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think in this game I believe Syracuse covers, but I do think Clemson wins the game um, because it's what it's what Clemson's done this year. They've won close games with the exception of like you know your lower level opponents and and Georgia Tech, which they pulled away late in in week one or week zero maybe uh-huh. um but yeah i like clemson to win but i do like syracuse to keep this thing close especially with that big 13 and a half point line i think syracuse covers that but clemson wins yeah um so just pointing out here that you said that syracuse was six and oh wins over louisville's uh yukon purdue a good win virginia wagner i think that's the first time i've <laughs> ever heard of that one and nc state last week beating the Wolfpack 24 to nine Look at these – look how comparable these team stats are with Syracuse and Clemson. Points per game, Syracuse 36, Clemson 38.6. Points allowed per game, Syracuse 13.2, Clemson 19.7. Total yards, Syracuse 432.8, Clemson 417.4. This is just wildly comparable. Yards sure passing, well, yards passing 244.3 for Syracuse. 247.4 for Clemson. Yards rushing. Syracuse, 188 and a half. Clemson, 170. So far, Syracuse is, is winning these categories. This, yeah. is where, this is where it gets really interesting for me. Syracuse in yards allowed, 268.8. Clemson, 
338.4. Pass yards allowed. Syracuse, 173.8. Clemson, 255. Rushing yards allowed. Rushing yards allowed. This is finally a category where Clemson wins. Syracuse, 95. Clemson, 82.7. If these stats, which I don't – I mean, stats are not the end-all, be-all. You've got the statistic people out there. However, I just think that the roster is probably too deep on Clemson's end. Mm -hmm. I will take the defense to be stronger than the Syracuse offense. So I will take Clemson to win but not cover. Gotcha. Same page, yeah. Yep, yep, win but not cover. Traveling down, I just want to highlight this one very quickly. Kansas has – sadly, nobody's talking about them anymore because they're now sitting in two losses with – uh, staring at a negative, excuse me, staring at a spread that is against them against Baylor, who is three and three. Baylor's favor here at nine and a half. They're they they just left, but I already want them to be back, Kansas. I know I'm I'm right there with you, and and looking at you know looking at these looking at the same statistics that we just did for Clemson and Syracuse, maybe not diving quite as deep. Um, you know, I, th- I think what part of what is sped Clemson up because, you know, we're talking about a program just absolutely resurrected from the, from the dead, frankly, um, is their offense is their offense is covering up a lot because they've allowed oh man, right at 90 more yards per game than Baylor allows on average. Um, and it's, it's pretty much an even split of, pass yards and rush yards allowed that get them there. You know, they're just a little bit worse in both categories. So I wonder, will their offense be enough? I wonder, will Jalen Daniels be able to return for this game? Because I'm right there with you. I really want them back. You know, it took forever with, again, how far they've been down, the perception of Kansas. It took forever for them to get ranked. It was like 4-0, 5-0, I think, before they ever got ranked, mm-hmm. um, which is frustrating. But, you know, I do get it. There are a lot of worthy teams in that top 25 every week. Mm-hmm. But, man, I'm, I'm really rooting for Kansas here. I'm, I mean, really feeling strongly about wanting them to win this. And I'll tell you this right now. I'm looking at that Baylor 9.5-10 point spread that they're, that they're favored by. Mm-hmm. Ain't no way that I see Baylor covering that. That's just too much for this Kansas offense and what, the, what it's been. I mean – yeah, they've put up numbers with their backup quarterback being when uh, Jalen Daniels has been out. But mm-hmm. if Daniels were to be able to to return, I, I almost like them to win this game outright. Mm-hmm. Looks like Bean is a baller. L- listen to this. He's 34 for 53 on the year. 34 wow. for 53, 555, 51 yards, eight scores, three picks. He's good enough statistically to get this job done. He's also yeah. ran, ran decently well, 22 attempts for 94 yards and a score. So, you, you know what? I like Dave Aranda, so it's nothing against him, but uh, I would love to see Kansas to bounce back because <laughs> that feels weird to say. Uh, but, yeah, bounce back on the year. that Bring back 2007. It was much more fun, you guys. When, yeah. When it was Give us that fun. narrative back. We want it. Give us that narrative. Bro, I cannot wait. Moving on, cannot wait for 3.30 on Saturday. It's nothing against my Alabama fans who are listening to this podcast, but I'm rooting for Ole Miss here on out simply because I don't want to see Alabama in Atlanta. I'd much rather see Ole Miss. They're going to travel down. The hottie totties are going to travel down to Baton Rouge 
and play LSU. And you and I have talked about this outside of the podcast. Ole Miss is running like crazy. Leading, they are lead, running wild. Yeah, leading, leading, uh, uh, scoring categories in in rushing. And people are, I guarantee, you people are looking at at score finals for Ole Miss and saying, "There goes Kiffin just slinging it around." Uh, no, he's turning around and handing it off. Absolutely. Talk to me about Ole Miss and, LSU. Oh yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, no, no. That's that's perfect. I was just going to say that their pass pass yards per game averages up to two thirty, and that that's trending in the right direction for them to continue this win streak that they're on. Of they're seven and zero to start the season. We've texted a ton about how impressed I am by a Kiffin team doing it a different way than they did a year ago, which was just such a massive, I mean, just monstrous year for Ole Miss. Ten wins, yeah. Matt First Corral slinging it all over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, just it was impressive what they did last year, even though they had a, a phenomenal quarterback that I respect. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way they're doing it this year, totally different. The defense has taken steps from that first year that Kiffin was down there, and they've only gotten better. And this this game baffles me. I know it's at Death Valley, mm-hmm. and and I'm not trying to be biased because Tennessee went down there and won in in very very nice fashion. Um, you know, even all things considered about LSU, right. not dismissing any of that, but for LSU to be favored in this game by two and a half, yeah, is just it's it's a little weird for me. I think Ole Miss can handle that LSU kind of not really. I don't exactly know what they want to do offensively, and. I don't know if they know either. I, I think Ole Miss can certainly handle that from a defensive aspect, mm-hmm. and I think Ole Miss can can run the ball in this game. I mean, Vegas does expect this to be a high-scoring affair with the over-under at 66-and-a-half. I'd say it could certainly push that. I would lean over if I mm-hmm. were to bet it. But, man, the run game and the defense, it, it'll travel with you anywhere you go. So if they're able to run this the, the ball, which they've done every week all season, mm-hmm. I think they'll easily win this game outright. That, Like I said, that, that – LSU minus two and a half is really confusing to me. Give me Ole Miss. They're going to win outright. I think they'll do it by 10 or more. See, that's what's that's crazy to me in this is 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 the spread favoring LSU, and they got the over-under set at, uh, what did they go, 66 and a half. Yeah. So if you go back and you look at LSU's finals, I mean, yeah, they, they put 45 on LSU last week, and I don't know how they scored those points. I don't know. I don't know if it was defensive scoring. I don't know. I, I, I have no idea. I've been too caught up in what took place in Knoxville. Looks like Jaden Daniels threw for three scores. He also ran for three scores, so he counted for uh, six touchdowns. Okay, so I just I'm, – I'm having a hard time saying that LSU is going to be able to muster up that many points. I don't know. I, I guess I'm just not a believer right now in their offense. Could have something to do with with Brian Kelly. Him just uh, again not doing his homework there for the Tennessee game. I'm, I'm I'm in a place where I'm kind of dismissing him, and I know I should not do this, but um, I don't I don't know how the the way Ellis or excuse me the way Ole Miss is running the ball. Uh, you're, so you're talking about clock control. You're talking about Jackson Dart, who's thrown for 1,400 yards, 11 scores. He's thrown six picks, which is not good. But they've got two backs that are just studly. So I'm going to take Ole Miss. Don't I, I, I'll just say this. Don't be surprised if Ole Miss just goes in there and runs up a score similar to what we did. That is my opinion. Yeah, I'm with that, 100% with that. UCLA and Oregon, a top 10 matchup, bro, a top. 10 matchup and i wish this game was not on fox 
I am happy that it's not Pac-12 after dark, so I will be able to pay a little bit of attention to it. But like the time 11 o'clock hits on a Saturday, like my eyes are just swelling. Oh, they're done. Yeah. 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 So ESPN FBI has got Oregon here at 71%, and Vegas has this at six points in favor of Oregon with an over under of 71 and a half. They are expecting yep. points to be scored. And I expect points to be scored. My question is, before we transition to you right here, what Bo Nix is going to show up? And I could be just totally off about this because it seems like the Bo Nix against Georgia was rough, and ever since then he's been on it. Maybe yeah. I should, maybe I should get off his back because he's accounted for 12 scores and three picks. But I don't know, man. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. There's something in the water for me with the underdogs this week. This one again. I could see Oregon winning this game, but UCLA has just been hot. Um, and, and I I don't know, man. Something's either with me, with the underdogs, and just the way that, that Vegas is lining it up this week. But I like UCLA, and I like them to win this game, even even being in Eugene, Oregon, um, there at, at Alton Stadium, a madhouse for sure it'll be. Um, but, yeah, I expect a million points to be scored in this game as well. Really a big fan of Dorian Thompson Robinson, just watching his highlights and watching him be able to play, watching Chip Kelly kind of doing things that he used to do. You know what I mean? Back at Oregon, um, a little while in the NFL, it was, it was fun. But again, I'm just I'm believing in these underdogs. I don't understand where Vegas is is coming from because it seems like they're going really strong with with home teams and teams that I'm just not seeing it from. And and like you did mention, Oregon's been a different team since week one for sure. Um, and, you know, it, we know how talented Georgia is. There's no doubt mm-hmm. uh, which Bo Nick shows up. If he's on this particular day will be a major factor. Regardless, I'm riding with DTR, Chip Kelly, and the UCLA Bruins to win this game in, in Austin Stadium. I like it, man. I mean, ever since Georgia, Oregon's closest game has been against Washington State in Pullman. They beat Arizona, whoopty. They beat Stanford, whoopty. They beat BYU, uh, okay, Good win, you know, I reckon. Uh, 21-point win. Uh, And then Eastern Washington. So, I I just, I don't know. And UCLA's got to win over Utah. they got to win over Washington. I just think Dorian Thompson-Robinson is is that dude. Watch him show off, show out, show up, and leave. So, I'm going to take UCLA here. uh, And and, until I see a bad game from that dude, I'm going to take him. I'm going to take him. Still, yeah. 3.30, ABC, Horns at Cowboys. Man, man, I wish this game was not at 3.30. I know. I'm so interested in this one. This is the third game right in that slot that I would love to be able to see. I just need to be in in a Buffalo Wild Wings at this time is what I need. (laughs) You know, maybe they can sponsor us and put me in one. Um, No, I'm kidding. But I would love to watch all three of these 3.30 games, and there's just no way I'll be able to watch all these, if any. Yeah, I'm going to be setting up multiple TVs on Saturday. Absolutely. So, Oklahoma State uh, is the underdog here. Uh, Vegas has got Texas at six and a half with an over-under of 61. I do expect points to be scored. I do expect Quinn Ewers to sling it around. I do expect Oklahoma State to put up a fight, but I'm going to do it, and it feels risky, but I'm going to take Texas. I just really like Texas with Quinn Ewers. And here I was predicting Oklahoma State to win this conference. I <laughs> the, the TCU loss really changed me, even though it was a double overtime. 
loss. Uh, so call me a, um, I don't know, not loyal to my pick. I don't know. I'm gonna change it. I'm gonna roll with. I'm gonna roll with the horns here. Yeah. Um. You know, and understand a little bit more where Vegas, I think, is coming from on this one. I do think six and a half. Boy, that's strong. That means it would be almost a 10-point situation if this game was in Austin. Um, I do like Texas to win this game. If you look at the numbers defensively, they are kind of another class ahead of, of the Oklahoma State defense. Not that they have anything to complain about too much because that loss in, in overtime to TCU is their first one. So we know they've been playing good ball. But I be- also, man, I believe in Ewers. Uh, I think they're on the cusp of really turning some things around mm-hmm. there with that Texas program that's taken, you know, almost as long as Tennessee to get back. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this will be a big step for that process because it will be at Oklahoma State. I, I do like Oklahoma State to cover, but I like yeah. Texas to win maybe in a shootout. I certainly like that 61 points going over there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm seeing this game into the 30s, maybe the low 40s with Texas winning a shootout but not covering that, which would be a touchdown. Uh, they'd have to win by a touchdown to cover. I'm going to say Oklahoma State covers, Horns win. Fair enough. Fair enough. There's a stat that's really jumping off the, the page here for me that's make, making me feel better about my prediction here, and that's that Oklahoma State is allowing 301 passing yards per game. That's a lot of passing yards. And I have no idea how many TCU just hung up on them. Let's see if we can find that real quick. TCU through for 286. Okay, so that game is not an Oof. indicator of uh, of that year, not in total. So, um, you know what? I've my my upset of the year pick is already lost with Florida State from last Saturday. So I'm gonna go ahead and mess up my Big 12 uh, conference winner pick and 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 take the horns. Let's travel down. I am scrolling. I'm trying to find it. There it is. Mississippi State. Alabama. Hey, is uh, where's my cowbell? I lost it. <laughs> oh wait, I well, never had one to begin with. So you don't even need it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am yeah. interested to see how Mississippi State attacks the Alabama safeties, trying to see if they can get those similar matchups. Do they have the same type of receivers uh, uh, that we do? Remains to be seen, I guess. I don't really know. Don't really know a lot about Mississippi State. ESPN doesn't like them to win this game. Vegas doesn't like them to win this game. Alabama sits at 21 points favored in this one. Home crowd's going to be pissed off, I think. I think they will be very, very hot in this game. Um, Absolutely agree with you there. Um, I like, frankly, I like Alabama to cover that 21 point spread. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned, let's see, Georgia was facing Auburn at the time when I last used this verbiage. Mm-hmm. And I said that was the last time that I would kind of blind faith t- type of trust Georgia to cover. Mm-hmm. And I do believe they did that day against Auburn. I know it wasn't a, a beautiful win for as, as, as high of the, the score was there, but mm-hmm. this will be the last time I'm going to use that verbiage again that I just kind of blindly trust Alabama. They've not done things as I would have necessarily expected them to at times, especially on the road, this game is at home, mm-hmm. but they just don't look quite like them, their old selves right now. Um, and I completely understand that because they're constantly losing to coaches. They're constantly losing players to the pros and occasionally to the portal. But again, I'm going to trust them coming off of a loss to have just 
absolute holes chewed through their ears by Nick Saban this week. Um, they're going to bounce back. I think they're going to be way too much for Mississippi State's offensive line because, frankly, Mississippi State's offensive line hasn't held up great against Kentucky and LSU and teams that don't feature the cheetah package and, mm. and things like that, and especially guys like Will Anderson. So give me Alabama. They're going to cover this game. I think it goes under the 16 and a half. So I think it's a pretty dramatic shutout or not shutout, excuse me, a pretty dramatic blowout win for Alabama. Both Saban and Will Anderson said that they had anxiety going into the Tennessee game, that they were not checked in, whatever you want to say it. Saban was like, you guys are usually chanting right here. Why aren't you chanting? I'm going to say I will be able to tell you for sure if Alabama wins or loses this game, if I can just get a look into the tunnel before they take the field. Are they chanting? Yep. And if they are, this, I'm not poking fun. I'm not making jokes. But if, if these guys are actually checked in, I don't think Mississippi State stands a chance. So Agreed completely. It is what it is. Hey, mm-hmm. Aggies, Gamecocks, South Carolina has a chance to, to do something, to, to make a statement. Yeah. A&M is, is, I think, is beatable, obviously. If you can apply pressure to Haynes King, if you can force him in decisions he doesn't want to make, if you can disrupt – here, here, I'll just say it this way. If you can disrupt quarterback play. And yes. you, don't have, you don't have to halt it. You don't have to put it – if you can just disrupt it a little bit, I think this game is winnable. Um, oh, absolutely. But it, it kinda, I guess it goes both ways, right, even for, it if, even for Spencer Rattler. It completely does. Absolutely, especially for a guy like Spencer Rattler that neither of us have been high on. Um, I'd like to take this moment to let you know that South Carolina's coach is cooler than yours. Do you care? <laughs> no, you don't care. <laughs> listen, listen, this is this is this is how much Vegas is with me on this one. AM's looked like garbage. They've they've sludged their garbage way to three and three through six games. SC sitting at four and two. The Gamecocks are at four and two. They ain't beat nobody. But they're at four and two. They beat Kentucky without Will Levis, excuse me. Uh, so they've done that. But yeah. Vegas thinks so little of you that they got the AM Aggies coming in at three and three looking like dog hot dog water. And they expect them to win by a field goal. And, and they got the over under 44 and a half. They expect no points to be scored. They expect AM to lose at home to a garbage AM team, the worst team that Jimbo Fisher's probably ever had with as much talent as he's got. And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna ride with Vegas here. I hate South Carolina that much. I think they are clowns, as we have discussed. You guys have followed and tracked with me on this. If you're listening, I don't care if Shane Beamer is cool. I don't think he's cool at all. I think he's a clown. I don't get it. I just don't get it. Give me a And M to win this game. Obviously, cover. I like them by ten to fourteen. So, if you guys don't know that, though, this the pandemonium. Pan, I can't talk. Pandemonium reigns on TikTok is is not trending, but it's trending upwards. But we're doing it to gain content and and to get our name out there. Shane Beamer, I think, is doing it for recruiting. That's yeah, all I got. And that's all I got. He like you know, he he loves to see those likes and see his see his mentions go up, man. He just loves it. it I mean, still can't get past him in the sunglasses thing off of uh, Mark Stoops comments. I just can't get past that. That's so, so incredibly lame. Never forget his comments post Georgia State either. Yeah, yeah, rubbing that one in Tennessee's face. Well, man, look, you got a couple more losses than we've got at this point. You're going to get a couple more, if not a full handful more. 
Yeah. Um, South Carolina, dude, they they got their work cut out for them not to go six and six again. That's just how I feel. Uh-huh. I was looking at their schedule, and we'll definitely talk more about it. But they've absolutely got their work cut out for them not to go six and six. So, uh-huh. good luck. I hope you I hope you go five and seven. <laughs> they are going to host A and M. They're going to host Missouri. They're going to travel to hostile territory in Nashville. That's sarcasm, y'all. <sighs> Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to travel to Gainesville, Florida. They're going to host us, and then they're going to travel to Clemson. Yeah, I'm with you. Wins are going to be tough there. Yeah, you know, that, absolutely. That, I think I think we finally might get some kind of verdict on who Missouri is in that Missouri-South Carolina game. Agreed. I'm going to take the Aggies. I don't know that South Carolina can force the pressure to disrupt quarterback play. You know, I uh, I gotta believe that AM is is still riding the waves of that moral victory against against Alabama. I mean, sometimes when you do that, you know, I mean, you, you can gain that kind of confidence. So uh, I'll take I'll take the Aggies and I'll take the Aggies to do more than cover. So hey, one more game here and then uh, a couple of high, a little bit of Heisman talk and a little bit of Natty talk. Kansas State at TCU, undefeated TCU leading the Big Twelve. Sonny Dykes says hello. He waves goodbye to Zach Evans and says, I don't need you, homeboy. Have a good yeah. time in Oxford. Uh, all the while, Evans runs away um, his, or is running away with rushing yards in Oxford. Kansas State, TCU. Vegas likes TCU three and a half with an over-under of 54. I th- I'll be honest with you. I think 54 is really low. I agree that 54 feels insanely low to me. I would say two more touchdowns would feel more appropriate to me. Uh-huh. Agreed. Agreed. Don't know much about these uh, about these guys, uh, but go ahead and give me, um, you know, final prediction here. I really like Max Duggan. I got sad when I first clicked into this game because this would be a matchup between two 6-0 teams if Kansas State hadn't dropped that game to Tulane. Yeah. Um. Now, what I found interesting, but I can also see how this has happened, is uh, TCU, despite being undefeated, they do give up around 50 more yards per game total. Mm-hmm. Uh, they put up 125 more yards per game than, than Kansas State. Mm-hmm. And listen, I like Max Duggan a lot. I like what Sonny Dox has got going on. So I'm going to ride with TCU to stay hot, stay undefeated, um, and kind of carry that Big 12, you know, mm-hmm. the top shelf, if you will, of that, of that conference. I'm going to ride with TCU. I'm going to absolutely smash the over if I were to bet this game. Okay. But I think TCU probably does this, Bob. I'm going to say again, 10, maybe 14. Yeah. I'm, hey, I'm cool with that. Uh, I do believe it's Dugan, though. It's Excuse got a little me. bit of a French. I don't know. I don't know. Who cares? So I'm I think, on my Desmond Howard over here. I can't talk. <laughs> I think that Kansas State, just based, based off the statistics here and what I've seen, that they're one-dimensional, although the one dimension that they have, it's, it's not that they can't pass. It's just that they run really, really well. Adrian Martinez on the yes. year is 86 for 138, only 900 yards and only four touchdowns. No picks, okay? Uh, he is also <laughs> running really well for these guys. Deuce Vaughn is, is a problem in the backfield. However, I think it'd be foolish to pick against TCU right now the way that they're just handling business against, you know, Oklahoma State, against Kansas, against against Oklahoma. I mean, these these guys have played some dudes. So, I'm going to take TCU. I'm going to take them to cover. Uh, so, that's going to bring us to the end of Saturday predictions, unless you got something to say about Georgia Tech and Virginia. Wagga, wagga, wagga. I don't have 
anything to say about that one. But did you know that BYU travels to Lynchburg, Virginia to play Liberty? Did you know this? What? The Mormons yeah, versus the Baptists? Yes, absolutely. Uh, BYU is a touchdown favorite in that game. I think Liberty could cover that. I'm sorry to bring this totally on you, but mm-hmm. I think Liberty could totally cover that. Could pull an upset because of how dangerous Elaine, uh, a Hugh Freeze, I said Elaine, a Hugh Freeze <laughs> team is. But yeah, that dude, that was fascinating to me when I saw that these two teams match up at Liberty. I hear you. Okay. I mean, you know what? Um, I have Southern Baptist credentials. I'll go with Liberty. There you okay. go. What the heck, right? For the brand. For, for the, the brand. For the brand. For the people. For the people, by the people. All right, let's start to wind things down. I want to end with some Heisman talk and then some natty uh, predictions here and maybe even get your prediction prediction playoff <laughs> playoff spot. Neither one of us can talk. I don't know what the problem is. No. Uh, we'll, it will end with uh, giving me a, a top four uh, in your playoff. But I just want to talk a little bit about this Heisman for a second because I have something that I want to say. I didn't tell you about this, but I have something I want to say. So Heisman odds, okay? Uh, as okay. of as of last updated, October 19th, which was yesterday, C.J. Stroud leading this conversation uh, at negative 110. Okay. Okay, I'm I'm fine with that. I don't I don't totally hate that. I think he's really good. My, Absolutely. My issue thus far with CJ Stroud leading is le- less to do with him. It's more to do with who, uh, Ohio State. How oh my gosh, who Ohio State has played thus far. That's my yes my, my, my bigger issue. So I need to see the Penn State game. I need to see the Michigan game, and. I, that's all you got. That's all you have. Yeah, absolutely. So for now, with it being midseason, all right, cool. Second, on the other side of the of the spectrum here, we go from the negatives to the positives, just like that from spot one to spot two. Hendon Hooker sitting at plus five hundred. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna name a couple more, and I'm gonna tell you what my my problem is. Hendon Hooker plus five hundred. Caleb Williams plus seven hundred, Blake Corum plus twelve hundred. Here it is. Here's my problem. Here's my problem. Bryce Young plus eighteen hundred. Okay. Here's my problem. The first, my first issue with this is you you have people who vote on the Heisman who don't watch football until weeks thirteen and fourteen. I mean. They're like, oh, it's time for the Army-Navy game. I better pay attention to college football. I have a Heisman vote to make. Yep. Okay. That's problem number one. Problem number two is this is not an MVP award. It is a most outstanding player award. That is the best, of a.k.a. other way to say it. And if you don't think that Bryce Young was outstanding in Knoxville, you just need to stop watching. And I'm a Tennessee fan. Yeah. I wanted that dude to get hit. I didn't want him to get hurt. I wanted him to get hit. You know, I, I didn't want to play him because he's outstanding. There's no way that Bama Hanks 49 puts 49 on the scoreboard if he's not in there. His his ability no. to buy time, his ability to keep his eyes downfield, his ability, uh, uh, his 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 ability to make checks before the ball is snapped. The dude is out. Standing, I will not hate it. 
I will hate it as a Tennessee fan, but as a football fan, I will not hate it as of right now if you said Bryce Young is your Heisman winner. Okay. I mean, I thought I thought Hendon was outrageous. But Hendon didn't yes. face the pressure that, that Bryce did. Agreed. Agreed completely. Bryce is outstanding. He is outstanding. Um, I, it's like they're just overcompensating and trying to – it's, it's like an inclusion thing for me with C.J. Stroud. Yes, he's amazing. He is really good. He is not the most outstanding player in college football. He is behind Hendon Hooker and Bryce Young at this mm-hmm. moment. For me, he's behind Blake Corum because Corum is putting up outrageous touchdowns. Man, numbers. it's hard to argue. He's running absolutely wild. Yeah, and, and listen, neither team has really played anyone yet. Credit to Ohio State for having number five Notre Dame on their schedule at that time. They won that game. It was not pretty. We know Jackson Smith and Jigba went down. The whole thing. We know it all by now. We're halfway through the season. Mm -hmm. But, again, looking at the most outstanding aspect of it, and this is where it gets gets gotten wrong so often, is Bryce was the most outstanding player in last week. There's no doubt in my mind. Hendon was terrific. He played certainly well enough to keep himself in this Heisman race. Mm -hmm. He had a monster game. Jalen Hyatt certainly helped him do that. But to have C.J. Stroud out in front of both those guys, man, it's just like you're saying. Nobody's paying attention right now. These guys that vote, they, they ain't watching. They're watching oh, yeah. Ohio State. That's, to me, it's as simple as that. Because you just can't, you can't have that Tennessee-Alabama game as, as just monstrously huge as it was and not have one of those quarterbacks, even the losing quarterback of the game. Mm-hmm. You can't not have one of them as your favorite off of that game. I know there's some bias in me for that. Sure. Dude, you just can't explain that to me. Stroud's numbers aren't, you know, head and shoulders above either one of them. His competition level certainly isn't. And I know Bryce has the the con against him of missing that Texas A&M game. I understand that. Mm -hmm. But you you can't tell me that C.J. Stroud is more outstanding than Hendon Hooker and Bryce Young at this moment. And like I said, I would throw Blake Corum ahead of him as well. I'm going to make a really hot take right here because I'm in total agreement with you. Uh, I, I'm assuming that this is just based off stats, which uh, the, to base the Heisman Trophy off stats is just is just pure ridiculous. Again, it is it is, is the outstanding player and the electric player. And right now, I would feel so much better about handing that trophy to Dorian Thompson Robinson than I would yep. C.J. Stroud because the stuff that he has been doing yeah. has been highlight reel. It's outstanding. Tell me who UCL is without that guy. Which 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 is yeah. making a case and, for him being valuable, but take take CJ Stroud off Ohio State, and they probably still win every game that they played so far. Take 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 a DTR, take a Bryce Young off. What is what is what is Michigan doing without Blake Corum right now? I mean, is McCarthy doing what he's doing? Yeah. I mean I have questions. Yeah. And, and I want to, I just want to add some perspective for you here. I just, I just pulled this up. Hinden Hooker is the third leading yardage. I'm throwing stats in for context here. Sure. By yardage alone, by pass yards, he's the third leading passer in the SEC. Bryce Young sits at four. He's 150, 160 yards behind Hinden. Mm-hmm. CJ Stroud is fifth in the Big Ten. I mean, I, I just want it to add up for me. That's all I want. And again, CJ Stroud's at 1737 passing. You got Hendon Hooker at 1817. 
and Bryce Young at 1657. There's just not an angle that you can show me to where this makes sense right now. I don't know how to fix this. I don't know what the solution is. I don't know. I don't know how you recant some of these these voters. How do, how you take their right to vote away? I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you put put it in the right hands. Do you say, all right, this is a this is a a coach's voting. This is a um, I don't know. I don't know. But whoever it is, it they they have to yeah. be paying attention throughout the season because the Heisman really matters from like week 10 towards the end. I mean, I mean, it really starts to pick up conversation uh, towards the end of the season. And which sucks for us because Hendon played Florida in week four or week three or whatever it was. And then, and then the LSU game is week five or I mean, it's it's like, come on, man. But to have CJ Stroud right here at number one, and then to have a Bryce Young at plus 1800, that's just stupid. That's just, I would be fine. Stupid and lazy. I would be fine. If Bryce's odds were better than Hendon's, I would be fine with that. I, Absolutely, he's outstanding. He's because, outstanding because I think you can, I can think. Yes, you can say he has been more outstanding at times, and he's definitely not. Not to even argue against your point, he is so much more valuable. I think, but he has also been more outstanding, and he's right there in the stats category, having missed a week. So, I mean, come on, dude. He's almost at. He's 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 almost at a thousand yards. He's almost at a thousand yards. So yep. the the dude is the dude is incredible. So that's that's just bogus. All right. Enough on that. Uh, maybe we should change change this headline. Pandemonium reigns where Mike bring logic and Dan is pissed. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's do that. So the top 25, everybody is talking about the Associated Press top 25. Oh, I think this person should be I mean, who cares? I mean, seriously, who it, it's, I guess it's fun for conversation, but again, it's just like the Heisman voters, the Associated Press doesn't pay attention. They don't, this is an outdated system. It worked in 1949, the year that Israel became a nation. It, it worked when, 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 when JFK was in office, it doesn't work anymore. It's stupid. So just tell me, tell me how you would kind of restructure if you want to go as far as the top 10, that's fine. I'm way more interested in the top five with Georgia sitting at one, Ohio State sitting at two, Tennessee at three, Michigan at four, Clemson at five, and just for funsies, Alabama at six. How to restructure that top six, top five, top six in the AP? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll say this. Listen, we've seen at times this season where this poll has fluctuated based on the current week's results we've seen it Alabama has a you know they they basically take it a week off they're not as impressive I believe they were ranked number one maybe going into that Texas A&M game and fell back down mm-hmm. we've seen it fluctuate this year so why don't we see and I, this is very biased of me but why don't we see Tennessee be rewarded a little bit more for for winning that game and sure. I think you got to consider where Tennessee's been um, mm-hmm. ultimately though you know outside of that Missouri game and, and I think Little, I mean, less than nothing about that Kent State game for Georgia. But outside of that Missouri game, they've been plenty impressive. They've kind of handled business, done what they've supposed have mm-hmm. supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm fine with Georgia being there, but Ohio State again. Yeah, credit to them for trying to play that. You know, that top five matchup against Notre Dame. Notre Dame has not held up their end of the bargain. I'll give I'll give Ohio State that. 
Yeah, and something but, we didn't mention a minute ago, CJ Stroud was very average in that game. Very average. And and that was the week that Smith and Jigba went down. So I understand that's impactful as well. Sure. I mean, yes, we've seen teams operate plenty, plenty well without a player like him. Tennessee's doing it right now without Cedric Tillman. But Ohio State at two, maybe I'm just picking on them, but that's that's where I have my issue. I'd certainly have Tennessee at one or two. And and maybe even to go against my bias, I'd have them at two and leave Georgia at one because that game is going to settle. I mean, it's going to settle everything. Uh It's going to settle who has the inside track to the playoff. Uh You know, who's going to Atlanta? It will settle that unless a team slips up here and there. Uh I I don't foresee that for either team. It is very possible, though. But, you know, trying to look past that top three, Michigan's not they've they've not really had anything go on with their schedule. They're just now getting into the meat of Big Ten play. They absolutely walloped Penn State, so I'm fine with them being at four uh-huh. or even higher than Ohio State for that matter. And then Clemson, you know, they've got that championship pedigree that no one's forgot about. They've played some some pretty, pretty darn good teams in the ACC, whether it's Florida State that's that's on the uprise, NC State, Wake Forest. They've kind of handled their business, so I'm certainly okay with them being ahead of Alabama since they're still undefeated. My issue here is that they treat the rankings poll like a ratings poll. It's almost like they don't know what they're doing, like what, what, like yeah. who they are. Are we rankings? Are we ratings? Because if you are a rankings poll, you're saying we're ranking you off what you have done, right? This is what yeah. you have achieved. So if that's the case – I don't find Georgia's number one. All right, cool. I don't. I don't totally hate that. I have a problem with Ohio yeah. State sitting at two. I have a problem with Certainly. Ohio State sitting at two. I would say if that is the case, then you need to change two and four. You need to swap Michigan and Ohio State. If that's what 100%. you're going to do, if you're going to put Ohio State at two, you just need to go ahead and swap. If you're a rankings, if you are a rankings, then that's what you need to do. Uh, Tennessee at three above a Clemson and Michigan. You know, I think you said everything that, you know, a couple of weeks, all that is going to be ironed out. But the top five, it just makes no sense to me. It, I mean, you're, you're, what you're basically saying is that, hey, Georgia, we are we're putting you there because we know who you are. We know what you're capable of. You've got an you've got a decent resume. Number one, Ohio State. They're definitely saying we know who you are. You haven't yep. done a dang thing, but we know who you are, right? Mm-hmm. Tennessee, you are up there because of what you have done. Yep. So what is it? it? It just doesn't make any. It doesn't make any sense because because if it was if this is based off who you are and not what you've done, you don't have Tennessee that high. Agreed. Completely agreed. You don't have Tennessee that high, so it's all ridiculous. But without saying how we're going to get there give me your top four don't tell me who wins atlanta don't tell me who wins the big 10 stuff like that just just give me talking about the playoff four give me yep yep give me your top okay wow okay in no order at all i'm just gonna just gonna try to give you what what four i think it'll be all right i've got michigan i've got georgia getting Clemson. sticky already oh it's so it's sticky. sticky it's so sticky and because i've i feel like i've learning big lessons and 
and frankly not putting a ceiling on Tennessee. Dang. Dang. So here's my question to throw a wrench in this whole thing. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Oh, no. I was actually just going to say, and and for those of you that are are with us and for those of the non-casuals out there, you already see my path for those SEC teams to get there. Oh, yeah. Sorry, but now go you go ahead with what you had. Sure. Here's a question that should that should really throw a wrench in everything. TCU, they run through the rest <laughs> of their schedule. They run through it. Man. They run through it. Are you gonna leave them out? Well, you know, I, I just automatically disrespected them. That's what I did. <laughs> Um, well, not necessarily. Oh, I mean, because you, you you essentially could have told me that you know they have a loss. I mean, and that's okay because I mean they could they could get one. Mm, I, mm. I don't I don't have the rest of their schedule. They could get one memorized, but you know what? It, it, They've been they, flirting with one. I mean, if they run through it, I mean, let's say they they host Kansas State Saturday and they just, boy, you don't want none of this. And then they go into Austin and they hang. Let's say. 51 on Texas and uh, they win 51 31 and they and they and they they Ooh. they they handle Baylor they handle Texas Tech they handle Iowa State I mean I mean they'd almost have to get in so yeah that's that's a huge heck of a wrench right there heck of a wrench so but but then it would just be how much you know I mean what what are they looking at? What's what matters the most? It would be what they're looking at, but I want to hear yours. Well, I've got a couple questions. My my question is, how does TCU finish, and how does UCLA finish? Because the difference between TCU and UCLA, if if UCLA wins out, they're going to have another game, right, where they could potentially face Oregon yeah. again. They could potentially face Washington again. So if they win that, man, I don't know that you can keep them out, especially. Especially Agreed. If you if you beat that means you beat USC, so I don't know yep. that you can keep them out. So if that happens, you gotta no, have agree. them in. If that happens, you gotta have them in. But I'm gonna give you a final four without giving you the context of what happens in the season here, and I'm gonna say Ohio State. I'm gonna say. Hmm. Gosh, this is so tough. It is. I'm going to say Clemson. I'm going to say... I'm going to say... Gosh, this is tough. I'm going to say Michigan. I think we got... I think we got two of them. Two Big Ten. Okay. And then I'm going to say Georgia. I hear you, and I totally respect that. That is – hey, our listeners out there, that is like – consider that like a Netflix uh, cliffhanger. Like, <laughs> stay tuned for the next episode, right? We are not yeah. going to give you grounds. We're just, we're just going to leave you hanging on that. I guess – I guess – there's there's so many options here where where Michigan runs through their schedule right, and and you get a you get a barn burner in Columbus with Michigan Ohio State and it's super close, 
right? And I, there's a real case where we could get two of them, where we could get both of them. There's, I mean, there's a real case. There's also a real dang, a real dang case where we can get three SEC teams. <laughs> yeah. And it's going to yeah. be so sticky if Clemson goes undefeated, if TCU goes undefeated, if UCLA goes undefeated. I mean, what in the world? I'm, I'm also – this is just – I'm going to drop something on you here. I'm sorry. Drop it. Drop it like it's hot. This is, this is the first scenario this year. And, listen, we're halfway through it. We're not even there yet. We don't even know if we're going to need it. Oh, don't say this it. This is the first year – no, no, no. I'm not saying it. At least that many. 12 will never be necessary. Never. Okay. Six or eight? Six or eight this year? I could be okay with that right now. Never 12. Never. I'm not a 12. I'm, I'm definitely not a 12. I'm not – for the listeners out there, Mike and I are pretty much against. We're anti-playoff expansion. I am – I'm, I'm under the thinking that you're, you're – your your national champion is in your top four. They are in your top four. However, if if those things happen, which you know what, it's going to be tough for UCLA to go undefeated. That, that's they got some games. Yes, it is. USC is going to be tough. Oregon's going to be yeah. tough this weekend. Okay, so there's there's some challenges in there. Now Clemson a little bit easier for those guys. Yeah, Michigan. It's going to come down to Ohio State, right? Ohio State's going to come down to Michigan. You know, it, 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 is, is there a case where the game, Michigan at Ohio State, is, is just a, a, a fuster cluck? And it's, it's, it's think, Tennessee, Florida, 2013, where there's balls on the ground, there's missed tackles, and neither team just looks good. And then, they, and then you've got a, 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 maybe a, a one-loss Georgia, a one-loss Bama, and a one-loss Tennessee. Who have who have played well? Are you gonna leave those guys out? Are you gonna leave an undefeated? I mean, it's it's that time of year, bro. It's, it's it certainly is. We need this. We need to get to the place where, and I think it happens after this week, where we stop talking about the Associated Press and we stop talking about start talking about the college football playoff top twenty-five, the CFP top twenty-five. However, I'm not putting. I'm not. I'm not expanding the playoff. Okay. I'm gonna give. I'm fine I'll, with that. Still. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna make my my playoff system public. All right. I'm gonna put it out there for the world. Bring back the BCS because your BCS never had your top three wrong. It never had your top three wrong from 90, 1998 to 2013. It never had your top three wrong. Give me a year where it had the top three wrong. I can give you years where it had the top two wrong. I can give you that. Yep. 2004 says hello. Yep. Your top three, though, it didn't. So take the BCS, have it calculate your top four, which means, which means you no longer get rewarded for losing your conference championship game. It means that you no longer get rewarded for the eye test. It means that it uh, doesn't matter anymore. It, that computer knows no color. All right. Yep. So. Bring that back. Have it calculate your top four, because I mean seriously, yeah. I mean seriously, because I mean, the BCS in two thousand four has got Cal or excuse me, SoCal, Oklahoma, and Auburn in that playoff. They're they're yep. in. Yep. And Auburn can absolutely and can can determine 
say, hey, we'll show you who's national champion on the field. Absolutely. So, well, to sum up this this episode of the podcast, Tennessee is still undefeated. Bryce Young is really good. Dorian Thompson-Robinson is not getting enough Heisman credit, and Ohio State is getting too much just because of their brand. Is that safe to, safe to summarize this podcast? 100%. 100%. With that said, y'all, thank you for spending your time with us. This has been uh, a beautiful episode of Pandemonium Reigns. We hope that you guys have a fantastic week and weekend wherever you are. We love you guys. Make sure you're subscribing, you're following, you're pushing all the buttons. Again, just by subscribing, it doesn't it does not sign you up for our emails. <laughs> we don't have that, y'all. We don't we don't have that. But I mean, if you do, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we can get a remind and we can text you guys. Hey, new episode, right? Yeah. So, love you guys. Have a fantastic weekend. I'm Dan. He's Mike. Pandemonium reigns. God bless and go. Balls. Pandemonium reigns. <laughs>